0: This episode of the Accounting Insider's podcast is brought to you in part by Zero. Zero is a powerful cloud accounting software that improves efficiencies across your practice. With all client data stored on a single unified ledger, you and your clients can easily access and collaborate on the same set of books. Zero's advisor tools and automation solutions reduce time-consuming manual tasks and put data entry on autopilot. Work faster and more efficiently than ever before with Zero. Visit zero.com slash Accounting Insiders to learn more. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Accounting Insiders podcast. My name is Gary DeHart, and I am the publisher of Insightful Accountant and the host of the Accounting Insiders podcast. My guest today is Karen DiPrizio, who is the Director of Marketing and Sales with the Herbert H. Landy Insurance Agency out of uh, the greater Boston area, right, uh, Karen?
1: That's right. Yeah, yep.
0: and Landy has been a longtime supporter of Insightful Accountant, uh, so we certainly appreciate that. And this is, uh, but this is the first time we've had anybody from Landy on the podcast. So, uh, so welcome, and uh, and and you're the newbie around town, right?
1: Thank you. Yes, I'm very new with Landy, and I'm excited to be here. We have a, a great year coming up. It is going to be the seventy fifth anniversary of um, Landy Insurance. Oh, is it really? was wow, like that.
0: Okay, that's fantastic. So, all right, before podcasts and before my webinars, I usually ask some really goofy question that has nothing to do with what we're going to talk about. So with, it, uh, with the sun going down in the background back there uh, with you, so we'll, we'll go with weather. Weather's easy, right? So it's uh, November the 28th, the day we're filming this, currently 421 Eastern time. What's the temperature outside in the greater Boston area?
1: Um, right now, it fluctuates so much in a given day. It could be 40, about right now, 40 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, and I think it's yes. going to count to 30s tonight.
0: Oh, that's actually not too far. I'm in the Atlanta area. Not too different than what we have. My computer is saying it's 46 degrees here. And I think um, tonight we're supposed to get right at freezing, maybe just a little bit below freezing. So, hmm. but we won't have much snow,
1: which yes. I doubt we will be- have- up in the Vermont area we've already had snow we we just had snow uh last night so
0: yeah we had one of our uh one of our writers. uh she's actually a, a a practitioner but she writes for she lives up in about two hours outside of um Portland Maine and she said last week we were on the phone it was like 17 degrees already Woo, that's cold that's cold so that's what we love about the south so um other than weather, we're actually going to be talking about cybercrime, cyber insurance, cybersecurity, kind of as I guess the big picture, uh, kind of the umbrella of topic of discussion. So, um, so when we're talking about cybercrime here, and I mean we all hear about it, and we get inundated by um, who's the uh, what's the company that advertises all the time to lock your credit or what have you. But so who does cybercrime?
1: I think they're credit law. Yes, credit law. Yeah,
0: yeah. And so, so who is it impacting? I mean, our audience is primarily, you know, public accounting professionals. But um, who's impacted by cyber crime?
1: So that's a very great. That's a very good question. Um, what's interesting is that when you really look at what who is affected, somebody would say um, any company that uses email has social media accounts and collects any information, um, personal information about clients or consumers. And in this day and age, that is most likely almost every business. <laughs> so I don't know anybody who does business these days, that, not on email. But right. I would say accounting is one of the areas that they are very specifically targeted be, due to the fact that they do have financial data on clients. Right.
0: It, and a lot of it, right? And a lot right. of very sensitive data for, you know, it could be hundreds of individuals and businesses just in one firm, right? So, so high, uh, high target of opportunity for, for the criminal organizations, right?
1: Yes. Yes.
0: And so, so since your insurance is what you guys do, so, you know, based on what we just said, right, that everybody's the target. So my assumption is everybody needs some type of cyber insurance, right?
1: Correct. Absolutely. Yes. I I would say, I would say personally that everybody needs cyber insurance.
0: (laughs) Right. And what does that typically look like? Like what is, what is cyber insurance? It might mean 10 different things to 10 different people, but from a, from an insurance is your, I guess, Landy's an agency. So from the agency's perspective, what What is cyber insurance and what does that really look like to a business owner?
1: So cyber insurance itself would be considered a separate product from what accountants usually get in their errors and omissions or their E&O insurance or their okay. personal liability insurance. So that would be one type of insurance. The nice The nice thing about what Landy does is that we do specialize in business insurance as a whole. So... <laughs> Though we we do have a lot of people coming to us for, for E&O where they're required to have it, or that is the basic insurance that they would know they would need, cyber insurance would be another policy that would that would work with that, together with other types of insurance. And they might have a business owner's policy as well for their personal space or, or offices they own or an at-home business, but the cyber insurance is very particular for cyber crimes.
0: And what would that typically cover? And if there's any questions that you that are off limits or that you can't say just from a you know, regulation standpoint, certainly just say, well, I can't really talk about that. But
1: um. Sure, sure. No, uh, the nice thing about cyber insurance is that it's what what it does is it covers both um, first party and third party. So for, first party would be um, the the individual uh, the, or the business that it okay. takes it out and then third party would be others other people so what that then tends to be is the liability so it would be everything from um costs uh cost to restore data loss of business income due to productivity or not having equipment available um all the way to legal fees for liability costs for damage to others constantly.
0: okay okay what and now we may be getting too technical for this call, but what goes into? Uh, I'm not an insurance guy, but what goes into the ratings for determining what the expenses are for a let's say it's an accounting firm? And again, if it's something that shouldn't be discussed on a on a on a podcast, that's fine. I'm just interested to know what you know. What is it when when a company looks at like a, an accounting firm? How do you how do how do they get rated and what impacts the uh, the premium?
1: That is a that is a great question. I will tell you that um I am not I'm not personally in underwriting, but I can tell you when we do have our webinar, we're gonna have our our president of our company on and, and she can definitely go into more detail on this, but That's- I can't tell you that one of the factors is the income of the business, the amount of business that they um, the amount of revenue is one is one factor.
0: Okay. I imagine the number of employees probably or number that have access to data and things like that. So
1: yes, yes, okay. exactly. Yeah.
0: But that's, that's probably not a fair question for a podcast, but just as we we're talking, it's like, well, that's what that I would like to know what the answer is to that. So I'll have yes. to make sure I'm I'm on the webinar that we're hosting on January 9th for you. Um so when we when we Let's bounce back over just to the criminal side of this. And that's kind of, it's all driven by the criminal side. But so what are the, what's out there today? Like what are, what are you guys seeing in or what are we seeing in the marketplace, the tricks that are being used to get into our data?
1: Yes, there are a lot of, um, a lot of people are familiar with the types of cyber crimes that happen that include phishing. Um, there's a, a newer one that's called vishing, which is, so phishing would be where people are getting, looking to get into your email account and vishing is, um, an, a voice message where they would, um, call, call you up and, and leave messages, um, that might, that might sound like a bank or a client themselves or some, some type of thing that would make you think that you, you need to respond to it, um. Another, the other types are called baiting. Um, we, and then there's waterholing. <laughs> waterholing is, yeah, water is where, yeah, waterholing is where the cyber cri- criminals would go to an area that a, an accountant would typically go to a website or trusted website and okay. they put their malicious links in there. And another, w- another thing that happens is that you might go to somewhere where you feel it is reputable and you might be downloading a piece of software freeware that you want to do to, or there might be an Excel spreadsheet, that template that you want to download. And so you're quickly clicking around and it looks completely legitimate because there's a big download green button and you're clicking on it. But the way that there's advertising or other things on the page, you're unaware that it's actually installing malware on your system.
0: Right, okay. And so, um, actually, water holding. So, I guess what that's about uh, or where it got the name, right, is like a watering hole. Like, a, you know, every day after work, you go to the watering hole um, to your local pub. That's funny. What happened? Do you know what um, happened out in Vegas, like, whatever it was, two, three months ago, when they basically locked down? I don't know if it was Caesars or MGM. Do you know how that transpired?
1: I'm not not familiar with that particular, um, that, that particular situation, but I'm, um, I believe it was a ransomware, which is, uh, um, so ransomware is very interesting because I think the average, the small and medium-sized business would assume that, and, and myself included as, as, uh, somebody who, uh works with is working as a consultant for other small businesses. I wouldn't necessarily think that a small business would be a victim of ransomware. I would think it would be a larger institution, but it's actually um, one in six businesses experience a ransomware um, attack, which is a much higher statistic than I would have assumed myself.
0: Yeah, that's, yeah, it's a scary high statistic, right? I mean, lock your business up. Okay. So what and about-
1: it creates the biggest, it creates the, the most expensive losses, um, somewhere of three to $400,000 um, per loss. No in kidding. A situation like that.
0: Okay. And so it's most of that. So one of the questions was around fishing. And it's been around a while and fishing with the pH. Um, why is it such a common threat? What is it about that one particular tool, I guess we'll call it?
1: Um, because cyber criminals can get in or just hackers, they can get in and and a lot of our data, so I know this from being a marketer. So there are so many tools out there to go into databases and collect people's email addresses by industry. And I think that's why there are particular industries that are more targeted. So for instance, if you've ever registered a website Um, suddenly you know you're getting a lot of solicitations to building a website or to put your business out on Google or that type of thing. So the same goes for the accounting industry. There are so many tools out there that marketers have to pull together a set of email addresses that they can target a, a large amount of people and get accurate email addresses for those individuals. The other aspect of this, so as a as a particular sort of example um from nowadays, the thing that, that is a lot of us have become aware, we can kind of as we're surfing the web, opening our email, we feel pretty knowledgeable to be able to tell if something is a, a phishing email. But be, due to AI and a lot of graphic improvements, there um it's becoming more difficult to detect because they right. can easily Um, parody or um, uh, create like fake accounts and, and look like a legitimate software business. So a lot of software that would be used as a proprietary system within the accounting industry, a brand name could be used on an email and it looks very legitimate. So even the name that it comes through would look legitimate. If you then click on the email address, a lot of times you can see that it would be uh, that it's not a legitimate email address, but if you're moving quickly and you're not sort of really thinking about this type of threat and you click on one of those emails, it could say, oh, we don't have your, we you need to update your password, all this, you know, we two factor authentication is key for security, but it, it also can Um, be a reason that you think someone's looking for information from you and you go in and you log in and then now the now they have your your email login and password and you don't even know they have it and um, with with other with transferring money around in different types of industries that's where they can then watch email and wait for another type another cyber crime would be social engineering okay um, social engineering would be they're actually using information about you in particular um, from social media accounts and from your actual emails
0: and what about baiting I've not I'm not familiar with that I heard that term recently but what is baiting
1: baiting would be um an offer or something like something free or a discount click here and get so so you're really using again this very much aligns with a lot of things marketers do which, <laughs> right. you know um and they're basically using very, very uh, fi- very fine-tuned marketing ploys uh, where we all like to get a discount or a, re- or a reward. Right. Um, I think a lot of people know there might be the type of thing where it pops up and it says, oh, you got a free iPhone. And a lot of people can will recognize that. So there are things we've always recognized and people will avoid those. It's changing rapidly. And that's where the danger is when you You as an individual, have all the sensitive sensitive data on your machine, and you have employees um, that have that have people sensitive sensitive data. So, as a principal of a company or as an individual consultant, you're then liable for everything your employees are doing online as well. Right.
0: And that um, yeah, and that just never ends, right? So we talked about ransomware and and malware. And I think was it four hundred thousand? I think you said was basically the average expense to, yes. to clean I up. I believe
1: it's. I believe, offhand, it's four four hundred and eighty five thousand would be a typical loss for um, for a medium sized business ransomware. Wow.
0: Okay. So is AI? So AI is being leveraged. You were just saying AI is being leveraged by the bad guys. Is it also being leveraged by the good guys? Are Are you guys insurance companies and and I guess. I, I would call frontline defenders uh, leveraging AI as well.
1: Um, I can't say in cybersecurity that's actually a really good question. That that's a good question. I think that detecting, um, you know, I'm sure I, I'm sure financial institutions are using that type of detection to help when yeah. they know that you have something that's outside of your. This um, they can use uh, geo information to know the charge was made somewhere that you're probably not so i think from institutions not necessarily on the agency side as of yet um but um the that but with accountants using more ai to do regular tasks that makes their systems more vulnerable as well so the ai does have a lot of positive and negative um implications
0: right yeah, not really thought about that perspective on it. So what about, um, so how is it, um, well, we just talked about how it's changing, but so what have you seen or or what is either Landy seen or what kind of, and I'm sure you guys have all kinds of news information, uh, insurance news sources that you read, but kind of what's the, some real life examples that that are being pulled on people? And if you have anything specific in tax and accounting, that would be fantastic.
1: Yes, yes. Um uh this is something Betsy's gonna actually go into more detail on of, of the webinar um okay. uh, with with particular examples. So um for for me it would really be the a lot of the ones we covered, which would be the um uh, getting something in your email that would make you then click to fill out information. I mean, I would think from the individual user standpoint, that is one of the ones um that I think it's just very prevalent very prevalent um and then the other thing that's interesting with AI is that there's this voice replication happening so people can have a very small recording like an outgoing message of somebody's voice and then replicate their voice with AI so when it comes to the that the um vishing or a telephone telephone um sort of, social engineering type of crime right. that would be something that you could sound like somebody else in your company looking for particular information and so an employee would think oh so and so needs something from me and and send it right along right so <laughs>
0: that is so yeah. <laughs> sorry i've got to go get my insurance policy and and update my malware um so or, or i guess my my whatever my defender is but so what about um, when what's the what's the best practices or what are some best practices to avoid for businesses to avoid, you know, falling into this trap, any of these traps? Because there's lots of them that are set out there for us.
1: That's a great question. That's a great question. And I would say, be you know, being protected with a policy is helpful. Um, the other thing that really comes from have engaging with an with an insurance company. Is that education piece? So a lot of times there's um, risk management. There's additional risk management training. In some uh, regards, there are in some types of policies there are trainings you can attend that actually help reduce your premium because that is how important education is. Because they know that if you're if you have it front of mind and you're becoming educated on the latest techniques um that that could make you vulnerable and knowing about, especially from an accountant standpoint, the other big aspect of this would be cybersecurity. Um, so creating things like secure passwords and making sure that your platforms, that how educating your your employees and your clients to not send you personal data. So a lot a lot of people are aware of that, but when people are coming and going that here's my, you know, they send a document that that, that has their social security number on it. And so again, if somebody has already obtained your email password, you might not know that for quite a while and that's those type of that's when someone becomes very vulnerable to something like that.
0: So how, how does cyber insurance play into so I get hacked and then what happens? like okay I ransomware or what have you whatever I, I've, I've been attacked and my systems are locked up. Where does um, what happens from an insurance perspective?
1: Insurance can help on a, in a lot of areas when it comes to even knowing um, resources to send machines to to get malware off. Um, so there's that immediate um, adding. But once you know that there's been a breach or a breach of data, um, there's restoring data. If it's if it's ransomware, it's knowing it's knowing how to move through that. So as we all know from small things that happen with credit card fraud and this and that, these things. Mm-hmm very time consuming so again i really think of it as the insurance the age the, the carrier really being a partner in knowing how to go forward and then the insurance company is also going to know the best way to go forward to mitigate future risk in that situation so once you have a claim in you have you have you know partners to help you through the process so it would be recovering data um, Putting security wells back up, loss of productivity, loss of income, um, and then liability from having any information from clients um, put out there that would then cause damage to clients.
0: Gotcha. Anything else that's covered under that type of
1: policy? There are other, um, yes, Richard. Uh, you know, oh, another another costly thing is notifying people. So if you have a data breach, right? Um, sometimes you think that does you know but if you have to send out a large mailing to a large number of clients or you want to have it reviewed by attorney so and legal fees of course for yes. um, for any of the the processes another interesting thing when you're whenever you're dealing in a field um for for law that is sort of untested those legal fees can be a lot higher oh, than in other other industries that or for um for crimes that are sort of more vetted, but when you have, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's unprecedented. So a lot of times they don't know, um, you know, there's, there's um, preparation that needs to go in and sort of documenting uh, cases and that, and what was breached and all that, all that process. That's, that's, those are all activities that would be covered under insurance.
0: Okay. is um, And it's funny because on the floor right here, which should be filed somewhere else, but it's not, it's on the floor right here, is a letter from a company that we took a mortgage out with, I don't know, probably four years ago, and they had a, a breach and, you know, the letter says, you know, if, you know we'll provide coverage of life lock or what have you. Um, so is that typically something that that would come under like an insurance policy like this? Because you said it would also protect the end customer. Would that be something that the insurance company is coming out of pocket for to cover lifelock for you know, 18 months or whatever that time frame is
1: um i don't know about particular like paying um particular services, but i do know that the cost to recover an an identity itself like um an I- identity because that is costly as well and a lot of a lot of footwork that is definitely covered and i think depending on the policy they would pro- they would probably offer um, tools like that to to reduce the risk overall, but the the cost of restoring an identity and and credit rating is uh, um, very is another process that can be very time consuming.
0: Right, and we probably should put an asterisk out there and say that uh, we're not giving insurance advice on this call this is uh, you know talk to your broker or to your agent to uh, get specific details about your own uh, insurance needs and insurance requirements uh so there we go we did the legal uh the, did the legal coverage of that but so um and lastly i think last question we wanted to get into and that were actually two more one is uh we just talked about business interruption but um, how about hardware is hardware typically something that that the insurance company is going to are you going to take a look at the hardware? Because you did mention they have you know, resources where you could send your hardware out to, and they would, I guess, get it back, you know, clean it, and get it back up to speed. Um, is that something that you've seen or or Landy has seen where you've had to basically go in and pick up an office's box of computers and ship them out somewhere?
1: That would definitely yes. Their um, machines would have to be would have to be. Um, looked um to any hardware cost to either to restore data and make sure all malware is off or ransomware is off machines, all those type of expenses. And we do have, we, we do work with different carriers. So there can be that is something that should be you can review in a particular policy um, with different carriers and in different industries, might have different um d- they they all kind of cover the the general things, but but how much coverage you have for each type of incident is something you definitely want to look at closely when selecting a policy.
0: Okay, so I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here, and so and you're like, oh no, you said you wouldn't put me on the spot. It's uh, nothing bad. Um, we spoke. Was it last week when you and I
1: talked? I think it was. Yes. Okay.
0: And you had COVID, and so you're you're new in the space. We, um, I mentioned the WISP to you, the written information security plan that, you know, tax and accounting professionals pretty much any financial professional, which I believe the way the FTC has written it is pretty much, if you have any kind of financial data of any individual in your possession, you are required to have a WISP. It's not just tax and accounting, it's tax accounting, it's banking, it's financial planning. So again, pretty much anybody that has any kind of, um, Again, I, you'd have to read the rules and regs, but you have sensitive data, probably are required to have a WISP. I don't know. I'm not sure how FTC can enforce any of it, but is, um, are you, did you, have you gotten familiar at all with the WISP?
1: I, I did. I mean, I'm sure there's a deeper level I could go to, but I yeah. don't. Yes. Yes. Yeah.
0: Is, um, and, and I've read through it, but, uh, which is a beast, but, um, I don't recall and, just, and this is a very long way to get to my question. And this, and that is, do you do you know if uh cyber insurance is a requirement in a WISP?
1: That I did not I do not know if it's a requirement. Yeah. I, yeah. And I and
0: I don't either. So again, I told you I was gonna put you on the spot, but I showed my cards too. I don't know the answer to that question.
1: No, that's um, a very good question. Um, but I do think that I think that, that goes hand in hand with once you're if you you can it's it's sort of feeling like like again, I have felt so I'm saying this from like as a um previous business owner myself, when a lot of times when insurance companies talk to you, they might ask you, do you go online, do you have any risk of this and the way something might be posed, you think, oh, that's not me that doesn't that's that's not me. And I think that's why this type of thing is so important and these webinars are very important yeah. the upcoming webinars because, it just it just makes us all aware that in addition to us all being online more and more, communicating more often, that the the methods that people are coming at us with are becoming more sophisticated. And we and we as business owners have a liability in that. Um, so I think that between and once you start thinking about these things when you go to do a Wisp if you've already discussed with your with whether you're an individual and you have um chosen a a software product that maybe you're communicating with your client with that has certain type of security then you can then add that to your to your um any required, that 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 required document itself right. like you're, you're creating a plan by by being aware of it and actively working on all of the steps that it would take, and that that reminds me also of um, uh, anyone who's collecting information, even just to for people that are interested in their services before they've even engaged with them, um, they have you know the GDPR, and now we have our uh, the CCPA. So it's the um, Europe Europe had passed the rules for the General Data Protection Regulation and the California Consumer Privacy Act. So, and that's why a lot on a lot of websites, people have to say, I accept, I accept when you go to their website to me. So when you're writing those type of privacy policies, I personally feel those really relate as a mark to, um, to having a plan of action for your, for your WISP as well.
0: Right. And so as you were talking, this question kind of came to mind and then we'll wrap up and that's around, um, with an insurance company. And again, everybody should have it right. Um, when you go through the process of, of onboarding policy, uh, you would just reference that, you know, you get all the questions, right. And so get your big, thick document, have to check out check off all the boxes. So when I'm going through that, all those questions, when, when you as an underwriter and as an agent, when y'all look at those questions and answers, are you, um, would you then come back or have you seen people or situations where, you know, I've answered all my questions and then you come back and you go, well, you know, if you don't do number, if you don't correct number one, two and three, we have nothing else to talk about. We you know there's no way you'd ever get underwritten if you don't correct these three things and then correct those and then we'll talk again. Is that kind of what the process looks like?
1: That um, I do. I do That I don't think actually Betsy can get into more detail. She really understands the underwriting, the underwriting process um, more right now. The nice thing is, is that a lot of the um, a lot of the cyber insurance are just simple applications that might ask, you know, what your um, like number of employees and some basic information. Mm -hmm. Uh, So and then what type of I think the questions right now are more pose towards what type of data you collect and store. Um yeah. you're absolutely right. Like they they might they might ask and and that's something you know we should add to the agenda. We'll make sure we'll make sure Betsy touches upon in the in the webinar, um, which is um is there an additional requirement? Not not that I know of. Mm-hmm. Uh, Okay. All I right. Think well, we gonna... more that if you've had if you've had incidents where you've had cyber attacks previously. That's that's probably more of a general question right now.
0: Right. I would bet. So yeah. all right. And so the webinar that you've referenced, it's titled Outsmart Cyber Threats in the AI Era, Essential Knowledge and Protection. And so, and that is scheduled for January the 9th at noon Eastern. We will uh, we'll drop the link to that down in um, in the video. Portion of this. I'm trying to think if, yeah, otherwise, the best way to find it, the registration link is going to be to go to insightfulaccountant.com. You'll see it advertised there either as an ad or you'll see it over in the left hand column where we run um, our events, content on our events. And uh, just lastly, is there anything that is going, anything else is going to be covered in that webinar that we haven't talked about already?
1: Um, so, and, and so it's, uh, Betsy Magnussen has been in the industry, um, for her whole career. Her, um, this is her, her father started Landy insurance. Okay. It was her, it was Herbert H. Landy insurance company. And now, and now we're going by, um, Landy insurance. So that's why we have the great, the legacy of the 75 years. And, um, you know, in my mind, that really adds that you have uh, a personal connection with the agency, Um, And we have a lot of things rolling out soon from a, from a a technology standpoint. And um, so she will, um, she will cover that. She's going to cover a little more statistics and then examples from accountant perspective, like examples of types of crimes that will, that will happen. And then um, definitely things you can do um, to mitigate your risk. Okay. um,
0: Fantastic. That's great. Yeah, I've known Landy for, gosh, it's been a long time because prior to launching Insightful Accountant, uh, I worked for Accounting Today and um, have done business with Landy for a very long time. And they're the one, I guess, insurance company that really has been pretty steady from a promotional and a marketing standpoint in tax and accounting. And again, I've been going to tax and accounting trade shows for too long. And you know, Landy has pretty much always been there. there's been a couple of others that were in and out, but Landy's been pretty consistent over those, again, I, it shocks me to say 16 years that I've been in this space. So, uh, so we certainly appreciate your support. And then again, the uh, webinar is on January the 9th at noon Eastern. Check it out on insightfulaccountant.com. You'll be able to find the uh, either an ad promoting it or just an edit piece. On that left-hand column of the of the homepage. So, uh, Karen, welcome to uh, the tax and accounting profession. Coming in hot. Two weeks. Two weeks. You've been three Thank weeks. How long?
1: Yes, it's in my it's in my blood. my My father was an accountant, so I feel very much at home. Even though he would be very proud of me that uh, that I'm in this right. space.
0: <laughs> you're, you're where you belong, right? Not as an accountant, but uh, marketing too and servicing. And so, so your role primary is sales and marketing. Yes. Um, do you, have you always like to find out where you guys will be exhibiting? Have you, since you're new in the role, you probably don't know this yet, but have you looked out at 2024 for events, like where people can find you?
1: We're just starting to look at 2024 right now okay. and, and what events we're going to do. Yes. Um, yeah. So that's, that's very exciting. We have, a, usually they do, we do do a, quite a few um, um Event so we'll yes we'll see what what's going to be on the agenda.
0: <laughs> well, I'm sure we'll see you out and about somewhere. So yes. well, thank you very much. Appreciate your time. This episode of the Accounting Insiders podcast is brought to you by Out of the Box Technology. Out of the Box Technology is your partner in accounting data services, with over 7,500 industry migrations performed and an expansive network of third-party integrations. A partnership with Out of the Box will augment your advisory practice and turbocharge client accounting operations. Visit outoftheboxtechnology.com slash insightful accountant to get started.